The book is Pride and Prejudice by Jane Austen, crossing another one off the classics bucket list. I think any book that is thought of to be a classic deserves to be read at some point. For a book to be a classic, not only does the current generation that it's written in have to like it, but successive generations have to have a similar opinion. And with each new generation that comes along, the book is retested and has to keep on standing the test of time in order to keep its classic status. And that has to be a really difficult thing to do. So, to me, any book that is thought of as a classic deserves consideration. It deserves to be read. And moreover, you don't need to enjoy them or think they're good just because everyone else does. For an example of that, just go back to episode number 12. But they at least deserve a shot. And so, in what is probably a lifelong endeavor, I am able to cross Pride and Prejudice off that books to read list. And what is this? One of the like greatest love stories of all time or something? I'm not going to dive into the love story specifically, but one of the characters involved is interesting to me. And that's the protagonist, Elizabeth Bennet. The best characters in fiction books are ones that are relatable because they capture something of real life in how they are written. Because the author is able to take real life and accurately represent that in one of their characters. I think for any character who resonates with us in a story, it's for that reason. And to me, Elizabeth makes sense as a person albeit one that is fictional. For example, at one point in the story, she has to run from her house over to a friend's house, her neighbor's house that's a couple miles away, and her very well-to-do family is like, no, you should wait for the carriage. The story is based in early 1800s England, so she's from this class of society that's not supposed to demean herself with something like walking to another location. But she thinks, no, screw that, I'm going to do it anyways. She's not concerned with that specific social convention because she didn't want to be. In this case, her sister was sick, and so she wanted to get there, regardless of the impact or the results of that. And that reminds me of a story. One time, someone took a somewhat unflattering picture of me. I had just gotten off of work, and I was sitting in a recliner, um, about to eat a sub or something like that, and in the middle of talking, and for some reason, someone snaps this picture. And it's funny to me because of how candid of a shot it is. And so I put it on social media, specifically because that's the kind of like vulnerable moment that you're not supposed to have on social media. And in fact, if you scroll far enough back in Instagram to January 2017, you can still see that very awkward photo. The event in the book happened early on, and so from the beginning, I thought Elizabeth was at least an interesting character. As the story goes on, it turns out she's also very protective of her reputation and her family's reputation. Much of the story in the last third of the book is centered around one of the younger sister's actions and how that impacts the rest of the family's reputation. And again, I find that so relatable. When I'm hanging out with my nephews and one of them, oh, I don't know, gets caught vaping in the bathroom at church, I feel like I take that personally. The way I try to explain it to them is, when we're hanging out, it's like you have a, like a football jersey on, and across the back is not your name, it says Taylor. And so when we're out in public and they're acting up, it feels like it reflects back on me. Because of our close association, they are carriers of the reputation that is so valuable to me. Throughout Pride and Prejudice, it's also evident that 
Elizabeth can be one to get in her own way, either through pride and being strong-willed or prejudiced by making judgments based on incomplete information or first assumptions. She can kind of be her own worst enemy at times. And if that doesn't sound familiar to me, I don't know what does. But that's not the only way you can find the theme of pride and prejudice throughout the book. Another interpretation is applying the terms to the main love interests. One is Darcy, who is initially thought to be a very prideful character. Really just because he marches to the beat of his own drum. By the end of the book, you know, spoiler alert, it's the greatest love story of all time, so there's really only one ending. They live happily ever after. So she finds out that it's actually not the case. He's not that prideful. He's a very generous human being who does a lot to resolve those reputational issues that were arising with the younger sister. Prejudice is applied to one of the alternative love interests, Mr. Wickman? Whitman? Ah, Wickham. Mr. Wickham. Elizabeth is initially prejudiced in his favor because he has good manners and because he presents himself well. But by the end of the novel, he turns out to be a very specious character and causes much trouble. In general, I tend to enjoy books written by English authors, whether that's C.S. Lewis, Lord of the Rings, The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, Pride and Prejudice, A Tale of Two Cities. I find that the mannerisms, the expressions, the witty, tongue-in-cheek sense of humor, it's all genius to me. I rate Pride and Prejudice an 8 out of 10, not because the love story is particularly interesting to me, but because it's very well written along the way. I find that Pride and Prejudice is entirely deserving of its status as a classic. On a couple of different occasions, I've heard that there should be a bit more Brill in Brill's book review. That what's interesting is not so much the book itself, so much as the personal connections and stories along the way. So maybe some background about why I'm doing the podcast would be good here. A quote I like is by Ernest Barbaric, and he says, Create, not for the money, not for the fame, not for the recognition, but for the pure joy of creating something and sharing it. And I could not find a better way to express what is driving me to create this podcast. I always love feedback, ideas, and conversations about the podcast, but I'm not tracking listens. I could not tell you how many people listened to the last episode or even overall because I don't know. And it's not that I don't care. I deeply appreciate all of the support, but it's that a certain number of listens is not the point for me. To me, it's about creating for its own sake. Some people use music. Some people use pictures. I use words. I find it fun. In line with that, writing a book has been on my bucket list for a while. And not to write one just for the sake of it, but I wanted to have an idea that I liked. During the time I was reading Pride and Prejudice, the idea for my book came to me. I won't say what it is now, but I wanted to drop an Easter egg. If, God willing, this thing happens in the next year or two, I think you'll be able to come back to this episode and draw a parallel between what I want to write and Pride and Prejudice. But until then, you stay classy, San Diego. Thank you.